0: Like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top. Schumich <laughs> break back. Across the ground. Bam! In comes Donnie Wurfow.
1: Got it out to a oh. kick. Kick smothered. Check. Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original. Kicks inside 50. McGovern. McGovern. What a
0: player. To be in perfect years. The premiers of 1992. The
1: 1994
0: premiers. The premiers 2006. The 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. G'day everyone. Welcome to the Big Footy Eagles podcast for another week. Honey Badger 35 here. I am joined by Keys been a big week for the West Coast Eagles. We've had footy, which we sadly will discuss. We've got a game to preview, which we will do so sadly. But also, it's all over. With the rebuild, it's done. We fixed it. We figured it out. There is a new saviour in town, Jai Cully. We will, of course, talk about that later on in the show. Jump in the comments. Have your say on the game, on the previews, on the draft. And uh, let's see if we can inject some optimism back into proceedings. Unfortunately, Keys, we will start with the footy. We will start with the result. And uh, we'll start with yet another 100-point loss at home for the West Coast Eagles. Nine goals, 660. We were defeated by the Dogs, 25-11, 161. Similar trend to some of the games we've seen this season. A decent competitive start, but the scoreboard got away, got away, and then blew out in a massive way. Eagles go down by 100 points at home, and... I, I think on Monday morning, or, or you know, after the game, the mood around town was about as flat as it has been for a
1: long time. Yeah, I think um, a yeah, hundred points is is just one of those ones you don't get them very often, and you know, second one this year at home, it just it just stings that little bit more. You know, it's we've had a couple of eighty point losses as well through the course, so you know, it's just more of the same and. Yeah, hundred points just just stings that little bit, little bit extra. Um, and yeah, I was on the back of a what we were. I think we were about four, four and a half goals down at halftime. So it wasn't, it wasn't great, but it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. We played some good footy in patches and, and sort of held up the damn wall, okay. Um, and some of the stats, I sort of looked at the stats at halftime, and you know. I think we were already behind in contested possessions, which is not unusual against the Bulldogs. But I think, Mm. um, yeah, tackle count was was okay. Um, Yeah, the inside 50s wasn't terrible. Um, Free kick count was even, which is a win when you're playing the Bulldogs. Not for long. And then, then, yeah, unfortunately, I, I think, Within about three or four minutes of the third quarter, they put another two or three goals on the board, and from there it just became a bit of procession, and uh, we just kept turning the ball ball over, and they just kept on making us pay. Um, and you know, you know, we spoke about this before we started. It, 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 Bulldogs didn't really need any help putting us away, but geez, the umpires sort of—I found some. Yeah, you know, it was 12-2 to two, free kick count in the third quarter, it, you know, which it didn't change the result and, and anything like that. But it really, I think, I reckon it was a good two or three goals in that third quarter that were on the back of umpiring decisions. And I think we, we missed a couple. I think there was one, it was probably in the last quarter, I think Darling got his head taken off, fifteen Mez out directly in front that, should have been a free kick, wasn't. They went down the ground like they were doing most of the second half and kicked a goal, you know. I thought, like, well, geez, you know, it could have been night And some of the holding the balls were, you know, we seemed to be getting pinged every time they tackled us and they seemed to be able to get their, you know, get the leniency. But, you know, you make is your own it luck is. sometimes. Um,
0: Makes it frustrating watching it on the day. But, I mean, yeah. when you go down by 100, it's it's yeah, I, don't I, mean, yeah, well, I was in we're the we're threads just, posting about it as well, but it's just it's, it's like, yeah,
1: it's, it's, sort of nitpicking over a 16 goal loss compared to maybe a 12 goal loss or something like that. It's still at the end of it, we just got outclassed and, and whilst, you know, there's reasons behind our performance, but you just can't keep copping those sorts of things. Yes. Yeah. You know, it was a game I went to. It was the first time I watched this live um, since the Gold Coast game. Mm. And any changes, any improvements? I I think at at in the first half, I thought our ball use was better. Um, we were We were going to sort of chip, kick, mark a little bit, um, but for the most part, we sort of were hitting our targets. And it was like a first half like was an a mindset, fairly enjoyable game of football. Yeah, yes. it's like, okay, well, we're trying something. That we, you can see what they're trying to do. Um, I think the overwhelming feeling i got came away from, we just looked slow. Um, that was, you know, watching the game and, and, and things like that, it was just, yeah, we we just looked really, really slow. And mm. that was, you know, one they had the ball and just ran through and waves and we just had guys who just, Either whether it was they weren't willing or weren't able to go, um yeah, we we just you know, if it's a loose ball, you sort of saw one of our players running after it, you just go you just knew a bulldogs player was gonna get there first because you could
0: (sighs) We're getting on to Cully in a minute, we will uh (laughs) changing ourselves
1: after him for fuck's sake.
0: Oh, Hang on, let me drop the banner so they can actually... There we go. We've got some Cully-themed names going on in the chat here. Um, so, yeah, yeah, no, but, yeah was... there was that attacking mindset and a little bit of pace, but then, as has been the case for a few years now with the Eagles, when it falls away, it falls away so fast.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, McGovern going off hurt early in the second, whenever it was, oh, yeah. certainly didn't help. Um, but I don't know. Um, it wasn't. I thought Barras had a pretty good contest with Norton and I yep. thought, you know, Norton ended up with four goals but I thought Barras acquitted himself pretty well and apart from that, it wasn't their tall forwards weren't the ones that were chopping us up anyway. It was, I think, I think they had an equal record number of goal scorers so it was all their running players were getting on the board. I mean, I think their full-back kicked two goals for crying out loud.
0: Um. It was midfields not, track- Midfield was not tracking back as well, was the yeah, issue. They know, kept showing actually, you the behind the then, goals. And it was just like you could watch people. The ball would be down. Someone would trickle forward. And you go, there he is. There's his man. There's his man. And he's got to go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, there was, you know, our defenders were sort of losing. They were losing guys. Um, they were losing touch on their direct opponents. Um, so, you know, apart, you know, there wasn't much to be. I, Kelly had a good game. I thought mm. you know, he tried pretty hard. Um, Darling had a, a you know pretty welcome return to form for him. You know four Last goals. Game, yeah. I think he, had, he might have three at half time. So, uh,
0: yeah, he had he had two early as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, you know, he sort of looked he, he sort of looked dangerous most of the game when the ball got got down there. He looked like he was giving a shit. Um,
0: yeah, he kicked four of our first goes. six goals. Yeah, so, I
1: thought. Jones made a few mistakes um but he he looked to be like one guy that looked to genuinely try to take the game on at times he got caught yep. cold in the ball a couple of times but at least he was he was trying something and he looked actually looked like when when he did get the ball he was actually like it looked like there was someone trying to to run and carry and sort of break some lines so at least he was trying that hmm. beyond that there's not like I said, you know, Brass had a decent contest with um, with Norton. Um, there was, there's not much else to get enthused about beyond that, I don't nah, think. We'll, we'll get
0: into it with our buy-sell hole. I mean, Jack Darling... Yeah, so not to... Well, I can't say not to tip it. Directly to tip it. Hoff is going to be my buy for the week. I really liked his game. But uh, the Jack Darling story, I guess, was the biggest takeaway for me... <sighs> We know, we've done it, we've discussed it to death, all the preseason stuff. I think some of the treatment he's copped from the fans this year has been pretty average. Uh, sorry, we've got a comment here from Miggs. He's commented from the podcast account. And uh, for a start, he's letting me know that he's still got keys to the account, so that's nice. Uh, his name tonight was going to be Miguel Small Winches, apparently. I don't know what the small win was. Maybe it was Jack Darling's return to form. I'm not sure. Not a lot of small wins going along for the Eagles right now. Um But yeah, keys. look, the Bronx cheers for Jack Darling have really shit me to be honest, because I know that he's let us down in a lot of ways with his lack of prep. uh, And without getting all the way down that path, you know, he didn't really set himself up for a good season. He's worked his way back into form. He's been pretty much doing it as a lone hand down there for a lot of, a lot of the games. Uh, the running that he's doing is unbelievable. And you would have seen it live, I'm sure. It was nice that it was one of his good games as well. But even in his shitty games, he gets up and back and up and back and gets double tamed and gets absolutely flogged. I was I was really happy to see him get a reward. Look, as I just said, four goals of our first six he kicked. The other one, Gaff kicked a goal that came off Darling's boot. That was, you know, I think Darling might have been having a shot and gaff marked it. Uh Bailey Williams kicked a goal, which again I think Williams got it from Darling. I think that was the one Jones kicked it out to Darling who had to sit and wait for an eternity for some help, as he always does, found Williams. Williams found the goal. So my point is, you know, I I know he's set himself up for a bad prep to the season and, and it's nice to see him come back into some form. I don't think he's done. I don't think he's trade bait. I think we need a focal point going forward and he's going to be our guy for a while. I'm not saying he's getting back to all Australian 2018, Jack Darling, anything like that. But it was nice to see that when he gets one-on-one coverage, when he has a little bit of help, Jack Darling can still mark the ball. He converted well. And all in all, he's putting in. He gives a shit. It's sometimes something people lob at our players, that they don't give a shit. and It's very common when your team's down. But I think he's been putting in for weeks now. I just thought it was nice to see him get the reward, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought so. So, yeah. But beyond that, there's really... Really, not much to take away, unfortunately. So, um, But we're starting to learn. We're learning about the players. And I think, you know, it was disappointing for me, and it's been brought up during the week. You know, it was Greg Clark played pretty much the whole entire game on the wing. It would have, yep. you know, I don't know exactly why. There's been a couple of theories about, well, maybe sort of nursing his shoulder a little bit or you know, to wait for him to get back to proper fitness before they throw him in the centre bounce. But I, 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 we were getting in the second half, not so much in the first half. I think, yeah, you know, one of the stats that was kind of even in the first half was centre clearances were about were about yeah. even. Um, Kelly was massive. We can't underplay
0: Kelly's game. He was massive. Yeah,
1: so, you know, I don't, I don't quite know what was wrong with, you know, just throwing Clark in there for... Two or three, just to to see what happened. Um, you know, you throw him Gaff. Gaff's a wingman, and I don't know why. You, 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 there's problems. You sort of. I'm trying to back Simpson in as coach and things like that, but then he does things that oh, make yes. it really easy for people to um, have a ping at him for. And Gaff in the set, Gaff in the setup bounce is one of them. I mean. I I don't know why, you know, we can sort of, it seems obvious to us that Gaff's a wing, um, but he wants to turn him into a settlement for some reason. I don't know. I don't know why that is. Well, quick. I've got the centre
0: bounce numbers here that Miguel's posted, um, which was a a rare, fantastic post here from Miguel Sanchez. Uh, But you look at Clark's numbers, for example. uh, You know what? Let's transition this into buy, sell, hold. My buy was Hoff, and we can talk about Hoff in a minute. Uh, And my sell is Clark, and it's not fault of his, it's fault of how he's being applied. Greg Clark, uh, round 10, he had five centre bounce attendances. Round 11, he had none. Round nine, he had 18 keys. And you look at who's missing in that. You've got our midfield that day was Kelly, Redden, West. Uh, and Clark. That was it. Plus three Ruckman. You know, three people had to go at the Ruck. (laughs) The following week, Shuey and Gaff come back, and then you look, all right, round 10. Kelly, Redden, Shuey, West, Gaff, and then five for Clark. And then the following week after that, so the game we've just watched, the Doggies game, Kelly, Redden, Shuey, West, Gaff, nothing for Clark. Apparently Duggan got some ball-ups as well. There you go. So... The return of Gaff and Shuey has basically spelled the end of Greg Clark's time on the ball. You've got to know where we're at. You've got to know where we're at in the in the cycle, in the rebuild, in whatever we're calling it. It I, Shuey was actually all right. Shuey's been all right since coming back. But, like, give Greg Clark minutes on the ball or don't bother doing any of it. At least they've figured it out with West. But I don't know. It's That's why he's my cell, just because yeah. it's not his fault, but they're not using it.
1: Yeah, well, that's, I, I think you're... You draft a guy because he's a big-bodied mid and and his success at Suby was because he transformed himself from a winger into a strong inside Inside, mid. yeah. And then they bring him in and they play him on a wing, which is he wasn't getting drafted. He wasn't drafted. When he was playing as wingman, no one wanted to know about him. It was only after he came in and built himself up to be a strong inside midfielder. And we're not using him. I don't, it doesn't make... A hell of a lot of sense. If you want a guy to succeed, playing, using if he's, if you are playing there and he and he fails or whatever, well, mm. okay, then try him somewhere else. But at least give the guy a chance to succeed in a role that he's that he's good at. Um,
0: on the gaff thing, very quickly.
1: Well
0: no, but on the gaff thing, I mean, we've had thirty-seven center bounces both this week and last week. So our last two games have had thirty-seven gaffs attended eight and eleven. So it's not like he's attending. You know, Gaff's not soaking up all the minutes. It's just that they're all getting funneled to Redden, twenty-eight in both games. Shuey, sixteen, but then he went off injured, sixteen and twenty-six. You know, uh, Connor West, eighteen, and he's he's came down to eleven. Even Connor West's came down this week. It, it, you know, yeah. Kelly being at the top, I don't mind. Gaff isn't eating a lot of centre bounce attendances. He's still having more than he should. But I'm yeah. You know, Gaff had eight. Give Gaff four and give Clark four. If we're if we're I mean, obviously give him more, but baby steps, small wins as it were.
1: Yeah. And if you and you've got you know you've got a guy who's out of the side at the moment, um, Patrick Nosh, had some success mm. on the wing early in the season. If you're not gonna play if you're gonna play Clark on the wing, play Noche instead. No is actually mm. that's his role. that's what he's good at. He's a good wingman. So you know, that's this is the sorts of things where you know, I think people rightly get frustrated with Simpson at because it's like well, why are you doing this? And and if you if there's a reason behind it, like you know, maybe explain it. And and, and you know, why aren't you know, I guess he has two press conferences a week, one after the game and one during the week. Why are reporters not turning around saying, Why are you playing Gaff in the middle? Why aren't you playing him in the wing? Why's you know they come up with Dumb ask questions mm. instead of asking some of those ones that you sort of you know, ask people sitting in the stands. i I you know, you've got to be sort of guessing, assuming that there's reasons before be, behind it, but yeah, you know, it'd be nice to know what they are because at the moment I can't say what they are. And that's and I think that's where, you know, a lot of the criticism, you know, one of the criticisms of Simpson is he's stubborn. Mm. And you know, we, where we are at, we should be, you know, throw the magnets up in the air and just toss things around and just see what the fuck happens because see where they land. I mean, we're losing by a hundred points. It's not like it's going to get worse.
0: Mm.
1: Mm. So that's where, and I think that's where the fan frustration comes into it. That, there's things like, well, come on, there's issues behind our our fall and that. You know, I'll, I'll defend a lot of those things. I mean, injuries and the impact of COVID on fitness of the players, and you know, we actually were we were going into a probably a debt because our ist is lagging. Um, there's things verifiable reasons why we weren't going to be as good as we were in years past. But with that in mind, um, you know. Try some things. This is mm. this is what we should be doing. Yeah, the difference
0: kidding? between a 100-point loss and a 120-point loss, let's just say. Let's just say Greg yeah. Clark is materially worse than Shuey and Redden, for example, and it and it leads to the other team putting on four extra goals. 100-point loss and 124-point loss, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing for us. But Clark getting <laughs> midfield minutes and Clark not, it's not going to change the program. It's not going to completely flip the whole club on its head and we'll be a threat again. But yeah. you find something out about somebody on your list. And if he's not going to be part of the next sort of generation, which is what we need to build towards, that's fine. You kick the tires, you found out. That's where we are.
1: Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're getting looks. We're getting a look at Williams. We're getting a look at Jamison. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, well, there's, you know, some of the Jamison's not, is okay. Some of Williams, I'm sort of, i I've, since we're doing buy, sell, hold. Yeah, let's um, do that. Yeah, I'm I'm selling Gaff. Um, I think I might have yeah. sold him already this year once. Um, when when I say we look slow, Gaff looked, Gaff looked painfully like. Remember back to our, our last like really shitty period, and there was vision of um, Chris Yaron running away from Adam Selwood. Mm. It, and just take all one, five, but... which basically killed off Alan Selwood's career. Everyone's just like, he's done. Because Darren mm. look, looked over his shoulder and looked at Selwood chasing him and he's gone, well, you're not mm. catching me, and just ran away from him. And when mm. I mean, Selwood was trying, but it was just, you know, <laughs> standing still basically. Um, there was times on Saturday night where that's what Gaff looked like. Um He's possibly possibly carrying a bit of an injury. I mean, he's he's missed a few games of late with quads and foots and things like that, and that may be having impact. But if that's the case, don't play him. We've got yeah. the nation in the seconds. He's a wingman. Play him instead of instead of If he's not, these senior guys, if they're not 100% fit, they shouldn't be playing. So no. I'm going to assume that Gaff's fit because they're playing him. But... Um, I mean, pace wasn't, pace was never part of Gaff's arsenal. It was the fact that he could run all day and just, you know, at the 30 minute mark of the fourth quarter, he was running just as hard as he was at the first minute mark. But, you know, slow, guys who are already slow can't afford to lose any pace, and Gaff has, and it's sort of, he's trying, but he just, and he has that really, funny running style anyway. Even at
0: his best, he's, he looks laboured. Like it he was,
1: looks like in the first two minutes he looks like he's spent because the way that he even,
0: runs. At his, yeah, at his absolute best, that's what he looked like.
1: Yeah. And you
0: you only had to then go to the data and see his so, impact to know that it wasn't. But, yeah, it doesn't do him any favours when you so, already look yeah, gas and you gas. Unfortunately,
1: gassed. we've got, I think he's still got two years left of his contract. So we're not going to. Unless we do a con with him, pay half his salary, we're not going to get mm. rid of him. Um, so we're going to have to find a way to use him because he'd be the highest paid waffle player ever if he's not playing in the seniors. But, but I yeah, I'm selling him. Um, yeah, that's fair. Uh, oh, for hold... a buy, I'll,
0: I'll, just quickly, I'll jump in with my buys, Hoff, which we did sort of touch on before, but I can just race through this one. 23 disposals. I was surprised to see the number. I thought that's a little bit higher than I actually expected, but some of the disposals that he had was great. He takes the game on. It's the fearlessness that you often see in young players as well. He's starting to embody that. We've talked about him a lot on the show already this year, but just don't drop him. If he's not right to play, don't play him. I understand that. That's fair enough. If he's ready to go, just play the boy. Sink minutes into him. See what he's got. What is he, 19? He's probably still 19, right? I don't think he's 18 still, but... Six minutes into him, he looks like a footy player already. Yeah. Let him figure it out.
1: Yeah, um, I'm buying. I'm buying Jarmaine Jones as a halfback flank. Um, okay, yeah, spoke yeah. Spoke about him. Spoke about him earlier. Um, but I think one of the one of the things we're lacking is genuine run off halfback. Um. He needs to tidy up his disposal a little bit and he probably needs to work on his defending a little as well. Um but that's that's not a surprise given that he hasn't really played as a as a defender too much. No, a month but into his defensive I, I look career. at him and I, I look at it, you know, someone we've got that's capable of being like Adam Sard, that can sort of give that run and carry and, you know, get the ball and run and take two or three bounces and um and yeah, if he, if he can do that, run and then kick the ball long, he's kicking it into fifty. So um yeah, Jones is a half Jones is a half back on on buying that.
0: It's interesting that our sell is revolves around how we're using the wing position at the moment in terms of Clark and Gaff. Our buy is what we're doing off the half back line. You can see that the Eagles fans are crying out for something. You know, if we we don't we don't prep anything, full stop. But we certainly don't clear these with each other before we jump in, and we're winding up with the exact same, ver- you know, a similar yeah. version of of each answer. Go on, man, give me your hold. So let's see who your hold is.
1: Oh, I'm holding on, holding on, Jamison. Okay. Yep. Um, he's got. He needs to fill out clearly. He's still pretty skinny. He's still pretty raw. As far as Ruckman go, at two hundred centimeters, he's probably on the on the small side, and he doesn't have he doesn't have the real super leap that Matt Nui does, for example. Um, I mean, not many do, but he hasn't got that really great leap to sort of cover off the lack of height he has, but. He tries hard he's competitive you know, he 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 puts in looks like he gives a shit yeah um and we all know he's still only is this is his third year on the list I think so, he's 21. yeah so he's twenty twenty one I mean we yeah. all know roughs take a long time to develop so I hope we I hope we stick with him because I think there's there's something there. And to me, he's showing a fair bit more to be encouraged about than what Bailey Williams is.
0: I agree with that. If I wasn't selling
1: Gaff, I'd probably be selling Bailey Williams because he's not really coming on at all. I am surprised
0: given that Nick Nat's gone down and we've had this sort of ruck audition, you know, 10 weeks or the rest of the season, whatever it turns out to be. I would have put all the money on Williams developing and on Jamison sort of floundering, maybe showing a sign or two and not doing too much. I have been very impressed with Jamison. I'm not. It's not to say he's gone from strength to strength. He's had his moments, but also he's playing against gone. He's playing against the greatest struckman of all time, Tim English, who I've always thought is just a superstar. never doubted him once. He shows something every week that I go, oh, yeah, that's, you know what? I didn't think he had that. Or, oh, I wasn't expecting this from him. Whereas Williams, I'm not sure that I'm seeing week-on-week improvement. His marking's gotten better. I'll say that for Williams. His marking has gotten better. Yep. Jamison reads the footy better for me, which is strange because Williams has played a lot more footy. I reckon Williams could catch on as a interesting tall option. You know, if you told me there's a version of next season where Nat Nui's back, let's say, Nat Nui and Jamison in the ruck and Williams is a tall instead of Kennedy, something like that, you know, if, if they're still loading up on talls, I could see that. I could see them kicking the tires on him as, a, as an interesting forward option. I don't know that he's a ruckman, but it, it, look, he's 21, 22. It's too early to can him for that. I think. It's, I, I agree with you that Jamison's shown more than I thought he would and Williams has shown probably less than I thought he would.
1: I think it shows where we're at. First centre bounce was Jamison. Mm. Mm. And I think that's, I mean, that's an indication of where I think that's what the, the coaching weeks ago staff as well. see the, the, the rucks. We're mm. starting with Jamison. Um, so, yeah. I think yeah so I'm I'm holding on him because there's there's something there not to get super excited about just yet but no yeah. but something uh
0: my hold is going to be uh, SPS Sam Tracy Seaton seven disposals doesn't look good not a lot of midfield minutes in fact going back to Miggs's thing if've I've closed it but that doesn't matter I'm pretty sure that he had no center bounce attendances so we're using him wrong and for the exact same logic I just sold Clark it's sort of hypocritical but the thing I'm going to lean into here the players that led the game not just the Eagles the game in tackles Tom Liberatore seven tackles Josh Dunkley seven tackles Sam Petrovsky Seton seven tackles and then you go down the list for the Eagles tackles Shuey had five Redden had five Kelly had five now those guys are in 25 plus center bounces you'd expect a tackle here or there just to accumulate SPS seven touches seven tackles he's not in the middle He's not really getting a look at it anywhere near the footy, but he's finding a way to at least get close. There's a good yeah, footy I player reckon, in there. We got him for I cheap, obviously, those- but something to it.
1: Yeah, I reckon a lot of those seven would be inside that forward half too. and given the ball was only down there 30-something times, yeah, that's, that's a bit to work with.
0: It's just – and look, this is why guys that were taken in the top five or top ten or whatever it might be, and then they kind of don't pan out how you want, it's stuff like this there obviously there is a, a footy ability in there and it's stuff like this that makes them slip but seven disposals not great not ideal i know but he's getting involved and again with the age profile of the list at a certain point whether it's simo or whether simo gets sacked and they change over and it's somebody else or someone is going to figure out eventually that we need to put people under the age of 30 in the middle and SPS would have to be pretty high up that pecking order. So I'm going to hold on to him for a while. Keep, again, pump games, see what we've got. Let's just go with that. Yep. Keys, okay, so shall we get into the main event of the podcast? And I, of course, i am talking about the midseason draft where the Eagles had the first overall pick. And uh, I'm not a draft guy. I'm pretty open about that. I don't really study up who's trending where in the you know under-18s or whatever it might be. But the Eagles come away with Jai Cully. And based on the very cursory amount of research I've done with this and the general sentiment among the, amongst the fan base, people seem pretty bloody wrapped with this as a get. Uh, I, I saw Nightmare, Bigfooty's own Nightmare, who now works for ESPN, said he had a mid to late first round grade on Jai Cully. I've seen, I think, was it Cal Toomey? Somebody said late first, early second round, you know, had he gone into the national draft. So the Eagles have gone into the midseason draft with two picks. We only took one of them. We walk away with Jai Cully, 19-year-old midfielder, good height, used to be a forward, knows where they are. Seems like we've picked up, you know, pick 18 or something in that sort of range for free.
1: Yeah, it's. I think it's a little bit of a precursor to what's going to come at the end of the year where um, the silver lining of um, being shit mm. is you get to get excited at draft time. Mm. So, you know, this is something to get. Um, enthused about. Uh, yeah, the guy's got some ability. I think we have to temper it. Is that he's a he's an overage player playing in the I think the TAC Cup they call it. So he's playing on guys. The guys he's playing against are the blokes that would be um, in the front line of being drafted this year for the first time. So he's yep. So he's an overager. So he's playing against. Essentially, he's playing against guys that are younger than him. So, you know, so there's there's sort of that to factor in. Um, but, what, he's 193 centimetres, 87 kilos or something like that. It's a decent lump. You can roost the ball 55 metres. He's got that, you know, I'm an old left footer myself, so I love seeing left footers and that really? you know, raking, raking left foot kick. You know, you always love to hear commentators yeah, say good. that. So... Um, and I reckon it's a, it's one of the few. You don't see it very often on the on the big footy board come draft time, and see basically universal approval of a of a draft decision. And if anybody um, knows
0: footy, it's the guys that post on big footy. So you know that this this yeah, kid's so, a lot.
1: I mean, there's there's about I reckon without going through. I reckon there'll probably be about half a dozen guys on big footy that have got. An opinion, a genuine opinion on draft that I, I'll take note of, and mm-hmm. if they say something, I go, okay, well, I know, I know these guys. I know they've got a track record. That what they might not always agree with them, and they might not always prove to be right. But they genuinely have got a a solid opinion, and most of those guys. But well, this guy was a clear standout pick, um, and I think from you know, in the lead into the draft, it was basically everything you saw was, this guy was, uh, was the best, the best pick. So, um funnily enough, you know, we're all, we've all got um PTSD with drafts and everything like that and even two hours before the draft, everyone was worried that somehow we'd fuck it up and not pick him for some, for, for whatever reason. So it was good to see and then um, there know, was it, a
0: sharp it, intake of breath when they said the Eagles have picked, I was kind of like oh. again, I know nothing about anything, least of all about the draft
1: where, like, oh. where on, on on draft day some of the media sort of got hold of a bit of a throwaway comment that he he said he was expecting to be drafted by the Eagles hmm. um like they, they haven't told me morning, or whatever, whatever more of just a young guy just going well, I you know, trying to keep his expectations low and everything like that, and I was sort of getting put around as well. the Eagles have said they're not going to take him. And um, like I said, our board sort of started belting, thinking they're not going to do it. And reality was I watched, the, I watched the draft within five minutes of the draft wrapping up. They did a live cross to him wearing an Eagles polo. In the, in the
0: shirt, yeah, but, yeah, yeah.
1: So it's like, it's well... Yeah, there was and you know Simpson talked to him I think it was a fair there was a fair indication beforehand that that's what we were gonna do um I like his attitude mm-hmm. you know the, the the interviews I've seen since we drafted him is so he's pretty down to earth you know he um he's pretty open that you know he said well why did a you lot know, often you hear guys that didn't get drafted the year they are eligible turn around and go, oh, you know, I was disappointed and stuff like that. Um, he trust, trust straight up, said he said, I didn't expect to be drafted because my footy wasn't good enough. Um, and then said, but I wanted to play AFL footy, so I went away, he put in a weights room, he did running, and he did all the things he needed to do to, um, to improve his game with a mind to, you know, hope to get picked up mid-season draft. So... Mm you know, hats off to the kid. He's sort of like, okay, yeah, I wasn't, he hasn't sulked about it. He's just like, I wasn't good enough. That's why I didn't get picked. So now I've got to go and work on it. Um, yeah, I, I think the general consensus seems to be that if there was no mid-season draft, he would have sat probably early early second round, hmm. um, which is to mean that he's not perfect and he's not, you know, he's not going to be Chris Judd, Mark Tool or anything like that. But
0: how um, dare you? It's he he's stuff. got
1: he's got attributes that we lack. Um and you sort of couple that with, you know, we've already spoken tonight about Hoff and how he's mm. sort of coming through. Um we have unfortunately we haven't seen Chester yet. Um but you know, there's you know, before he played the game, the, the way his attitude was and things like that, and like, well, okay, well, we might have something to work with there. You know, we've got you look at you know, well, Chesser, we've got Cully and now we've got Hoff. Um okay, we've got you know throwing pick one or two some you nice know. potential pieces to look forward to and say, Well, you know, in three or four years time, you know, these these guys, you know, could be could be the nucleus of, of you know, the, of a of future midfield that, that might mm. look Something, something decent. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see how this guy goes. I mean, may or may not see him in the seniors before the end of the year. I, I suspect yes, he will. So
0: let's go. Let's touch on that because uh, Ryan Daniels, the great man, has said that he will be playing Waffle next weekend. Uh, he hasn't played in three weeks. He's got no injury issue. He just hasn't played for a few weeks. I suspect probably if anything that's to do with he knows he's a good chance to get drafted, maybe preserve the body, that sort of thing. Uh, So Ryan Daniel says all going well, he should be available for AFL selection round 14. You look at the Eagles fixture. We've got the Crows this week. Then we've got the bye. round 14 is a home game against the cats. Do you think they're going to expose him at all this season? Because I don't think pre-draft, I was like, great home game post bye, let him hang out with the boys for a week and then let's get him in. But, The more I think about it, I don't know that that's realistic, and I'm not certain that we're going to see him until you know the last four or five weeks of the season. We've got a little run at the end of the season: home game against the Saints, away to Gold Coast, two home games in a row, Crows and Dockers, and then we finish in Geelong. If you tell me he plays three of those four games, you know, Saints, Suns, Crows, Dockers, and then we shut him down ahead of Geelong, I could see that being maybe the more likely option to playing footy rather than coming in round 14.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'd be surprised around. I mean, you just, you you, as, as much as anything, it's probably a product of, of who's available around him. So we've got Sheet and Yo playing another game of waffle this weekend. Yep. Um, With the buy, you would you would imagine that they'll give Sheet and Yo another run, Mm -hmm. um, in the buy round, um, which will mean those two guys then play. Three games leading into Geelong.
0: Who do our waffle team play during the bye, by the way? We are going to absolutely crush somebody that week.
1: Might not lose uh, by 100
0: in the waffle. That'll be nice.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. So, 0 <laughs> oh so 6, you 39%. At, you look at the Geelong game Beautiful. and you think, well, we may very well be looking at bringing Sheed and Yo back in for that. Um, the guys, you know, um, Jones is out this week. He'll be he'd be ready to come back into the side. Uh, I don't know. You, I don't quite know where Rioli and Rioli, Rioli and Ryan are at. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The last injury report, they are one to two weeks away. So you've you've probably got a few guys looking to come back in for that Geelong game. So unless he comes out in that and unless Kelly comes out in that by waffle game next week and and that's that and puts together a blinder, um, it's probably hard to to see that they'll they'll bring him in. As and as and against the side like Geelong that are the yeah. pretty experienced midfield and things like that. So um you know, I imagine that they'll you know, they'll probably want to sort of be getting him to learn, to say, well, this is how we want you to play and
0: yada, yada, yada.
1: So unless we, um, you know, cop a lot of injuries on the week or, you know, I, I think that it's probably unlikely to see him against Geelong. Um, but I, I'd like to think that come, you know, the, the later part of the year, we throw him in at least for a couple of games just to, To see, bearing in mind that as a mid-season draftee, he's only under contract until the end of this year. Mm. So you know, probably. Yeah, so you probably want to see a little bit. I mean, and and we sort of undersell the waffle a little bit. Waffle's still a pretty good learning ground. um, Given as I mean, he's been playing TAC Cup, so he's been playing against teenagers. Mm. So. You know, him coming into the waffle is is a step up for him because he's hmm. going to be playing against men. So, um, so, so yeah, so he, you know, the waffle is is still a step up. So we let's just hold their gunpowder a little bit and just sort of say that's how it goes in the waffle and uh, and go from there. He's going to get we we haven't got a strong midfield in the waffle, so it's not as if he's not going to get an opportunity to play there.
0: He'll get time on the ball in the waffle. I don't doubt that. Thirty nine percent, Owen six, and a percentage of thirty nine. The Eagles play Claremont in the AFL bye week during the uh, in the waffle. So, good luck to them. Uh, Key, shall we do a quick run of some heroes and villains, and then get into the crows' game? Do you have any heroes at all to lead us off, or do you just want to do a quick clip on on a couple of folk? Oh uh, uh,
1: yeah, I do a, a real a real quick clip on, as a, as a hero, which will sort of segue into my villains. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've got two heroes. First one sort of goes back. I'm going to give a hero to Ryan O'Brien simply because he managed to not fuck the unfuckable. Good job. Um, you know, he read out the name. He didn't he didn't read Hang the wrong read the wrong number out or anything like that. He managed to, you know, he he did he managed to do that. So, you know. Good job. Yeah, good old, good job on that. Um uh, Will Schofield, I'm gonna give a bit of a shout out to a hero. Um he's been pretty prominent in the media uh this year. Mm -hmm. Um, with and to me, I think he's done a pretty good job. I mean, it's a few times I've sort of said some stuff. You sort of raised your eyebrows a little bit, but for the most part, he's been pretty balanced. And he's been um, bang on about
0: Freo. He's been riding them from the start. Yeah, yeah, he's been the smartest man in the room.
1: I think he's he's managed to straddle that you know that bias sort of thing. He's, He's managed to be pretty balanced. Um, it's come out. I haven't. Because I don't subscribe to that code AFL, I haven't read the full article, but he's he's done a bit of a write, and I've heard him speak a couple of times in relation to where the Eagles are at, mm-hmm. and I think you know he's 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 done an article comparing it back to the Eagles of 2010, and he said, well, that's I played in that side, I played 20 games that year, I know what it's like to be playing in a shit side and how hard it is and things like that. He says it doesn't, he's not sugarcoating and not saying that you know the Eagles you know, will automatically turn around just because they're shit. It's automatic he said there's a lot of hard work ahead. But he's also been fairly balanced about where we're at. And um one comment I did uh pay a lot of attention to that was highlighted was his his description of worstwald. And I think if people remember back to 2010 when we were getting hammered quite regularly, not quite as bad as what like we have been of late, but we were still getting some pretty big hammerings. Mm. You know, Worsfold was quite adamant that, you know, there was talent on the list and it's going to turn and, and um, you know, things were on the right track and, it you know, he was pretty much laughed at thinking, whether well, you're delusional. And, you know, the next year we came out and made a preliminary final. A lot of the players on that list in 2010 made a grand final in 2015 and a few of them were part of the 18 Premiership side. So mm. he kind of knew what he was talking about. And it sort of reminded me a little bit of, uh, you know, Simpsons at the moment is copying a lot of, you know, a reasonable amount of flack, probably more so from fans than anyone else. Um, but he's all pretty steadfast and saying, well, you know, yeah, it's not great, but this is what we're trying to, we're working on things. It's not going to be an easy fix, but, you know, things are going to come through and eventually they'll turn. So. Um. Yeah. So, hero for me is Schofield because he's not going the easy option of just saying, you know, no, 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 those guys are fuck. Look at them; they're terrible. Wah wah wah. So that leads me to
0: sounds like some other people that I know.
1: Yeah. So, all right, I didn't. I don't watch a lot of the footy media simply because there's really not much joy. It's just piling pain on pain, but did see bits of snippets from uh, on the couch and, yep, from, from two of the dumber forwards going around, John Brown and Nick Rewalt. Yep. So I got no problem with the media giving us a clip. You know, where we're bottom of the ladder, we've got an historically bad percentage. Can I, say, I think we've
0: gotten off lightly. I think news hasn't filtered across to Victoria yet that yeah, the yeah, I think, yeah, availability yeah, issues from ways, early.
1: Lucky that we're in WA and not Victoria because I think mm. at the moment North Melbourne and Essendon are copying far more than what we are. And I, I think so, so I'm not I'm not having a go at these guys because they're having a crack at us. I that's it's not because they're having a crack, but I think if you're going to Give it some fucking thought and go. So, amongst other things, um, and, and not everything I heard him say was wrong, mind you. Some of the stuff was on the money, but hmm. they go gone for some pretty low hanging fruit. John O'Brien's had a, amongst other things, had a crack at Jack Darling, and we we spoke about him. And I saying, saw that of
0: all the and, weeks.
1: Yeah. So it's so, like okay, well, you know, saying I wouldn't like to go to the trenches for a guy because he. You know, he walked out, he wouldn't get the, the vaccination and on the eve of the season, he backflipped and, and came back because he was worried about losing the paycheck. Now, if you paid attention, you giant fucking head, like, I think he was done for not getting the vaccine, okay? You know, there's no reason why people shouldn't have got it, but some people... Didn't like, didn't want to have it. He was, you know, there was a small percentage. Those people ultimately entitled to their opinion. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make them right, but they're entitled to do make their opinion. The reason he didn't get it when he did was because, or the reason he got the vaccine of ultimately was because the Novavax vaccine came out, which is a different type of vaccine to Pfizer and AstraZeneca. And it was one that his doctor said, well, this is one that's not going to have the problems that the others, you can do this one. So he wasn't refusing a vaccine, He was re- but he was waiting for the one that he was happy to use. When that became available, and basically as soon as it did, he had his first dose, and then three weeks later he has his second dose, and then he could come back. And that happened to be on the eve of the season. So it wasn't a backflip it was waiting for one that he was happy with. But also getting
0: away from the the vaccines. I suppose, element is so tied to the Jack Darling story. But for a start, why now? Why bring it up now, well, 11 weeks into the season, on the heels of his best game by far? Also, the Eagles are further away from being competitive than a little bit of team unity. If half the team were on board with his decision, that's your right, whatever, whatever, and the other half felt a little bit caught offside by it and they didn't really want to welcome him back and the group's fractured a little bit, things like that. You, you erase that from history. You erase that situation. The Eagles will still be shit. We are not one fractured group away from being a real solid unit that's not getting belted by 100 points every week. Jack Darling's not the one that's that's letting the team down right now and you know a few boys not being mates or whatever it might be. A few weeks ago, them being mates and hanging out was the issue. You know, Jack Darling went surfing and he's he's in trouble for it. So yeah. I so, just don't get it.
1: Yeah, so it's like of all the things, it's like, well, that's really and and funnily enough, I think of all of all the things, out of all their problems, what I'm not seeing is any real real signs of disunity disunity amongst the playing group. No,
0: nah. North Melbourne, it's been prominent Essendon this yeah, week. It started to not, be very prominent. You're,
1: you're not really. I mean, last year we had McGovern and Yo yelling at each other and things like that. I'm not seeing that sort of stuff. I mean, maybe that is there. Maybe there's a little bit of ill feeling, but it's really not disunity. Out of all our issues, disunity doesn't really seem to be an issue. But so that was like, if you're going to raise something, get it right. And then that comes (laughs) Nick Rewalt. He said, Look at what the guys down the road are doing. Why aren't we doing that? I mean, for fuck's sake, they've missed finals for the last six years. Mm. Daddy's, it's taken them six years to finally get their shit together and start playing some competitive footy. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so- well, the
0: situation that we're in sort of thing, the situation we're in at the moment in terms of list that Okay, we won one and they didn't, but that's immaterial. Good team, up and about for a while, aging list, you top it up, you top it up, you top it up, get it to breaking point, and then suddenly it's you know, the foundation is gone. It's the same thing that happened with the Ross Lyon team. It's the same thing that Nick Rewalt would have seen with Ross Lyon at St Kilda, by the way. It happens, and then you gut your team, and it doesn't happen to this extent. The Eagles are historically bad, and we're not going to go around in circles as to the various factors, or whatever, whatever, but... Yeah, the typical life cycle of a footy team or a spring team. You compete and then you really top up. You go for it while you're in your window and then your window closes and the old dogs retire and you get a little bit shit for a while and then you inject the youth. And that was Fremantle 2017, 2018. They took a few years to embrace it as well, by the way. You know, if we're embracing well, they, it now, we're lost. sort of getting on track.
1: They finished – they were minor premiers in 2015.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They lost the first 10 games of 2016. yeah that's, you know, so they've taken – and they've had a few. If if we get to 2029 and we haven't played finals and we're still um,
0: – Migs here uh, saying is the lack of arguing a sign that the players don't care. Good stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, 2029 and we haven't really played finals in the in the U. Then compare us maybe to the side down the road and see how they're going. But they finished – I had a look at this the other night. Since two thousand and sixteen, they finished sixteenth, fourteenth, thirteenth, thirteenth, twelfth, twelfth, eleventh. That's Pretty six good. years
0: of top ten picks. Slow increase though. Good nice slow build up.
1: Yeah, slow build up. You know, and they've you know, and that and in those six years they haven't done everything right because they've had a couple of they've had Sarah walk out in the club, they've lost their best, very stocky needle, and yeah. So, if you're going to compare us to someone, compare us to someone that's okay, compare us to Geelong. Mm. For, mm, that's for the someone obvious one, and say, Yeah, you know, Geelong have managed to stay competitive. Um, uh, you know, R- Sydney's
0: another one that gets thrown around, but Sydney bottomed Sydney, out and Sydney, got the they, youth. Sydney had Hawks two years bottomed years out and kids. getting the youth.
1: Sydney have had two years out of the fight, they had two years. Mm. Um, finishing in the bottom four mm. so yeah. You know, by the way four. this isn't
0: to sink the boots into Freo just quietly because I thoroughly enjoyed their win against Melbourne you know it's not popular because yeah, Freo French, Eagles but like good on them and, they're going alright
1: I mean, I mean this is a, and this is a thing that it kind of shits you with this is the footy media as a whole mm. is they pick this when the Eagles are up and about you don't hear about them on the, the shows over East you don't there's nothing saying, oh, look what the Eagles are doing, look how well they're doing. Or what they're... You don't hear about it. And it's the same. It's generally speaking, it's the media generally focus on the teams at the bottom of the ladder. Mm. And they give very little – Fremantle had a really, really good weekend win on the weekend. And mm. from, from what I believe is they got barely a mention on the footy shows.
0: They got I a mean, bit more build, than they, they normally do because the they get none.
1: They beat the great, unbeatable Melbourne, who were going to go through the season undefeated. And they didn- couldn't even yeah. get to the fucking boring without losing the game. Uh, that so, I mean, that was, and that was, and it was on the MCG. It was With a 30 from, point lead. It was, yeah. I, yeah. Melbourne had them. Melbourne had them. Where they were. I mean, Fremel kicked two goals in the first half.
0: Mm. They were up 30 looked, at home.
1: They looked, they looked toast. And, yeah. um, I mean, I, was, I watched, I watched in this, Second quarter. I watched the second quarter, and you know it was all you know how good are Melbourne doing? How bloody great they are! And the milk. And then I went. I got the train to go to the footy to watch us get humiliated, <laughs> and followed the score. I was going, "What the fuck are Fremantle doing?" It was, um, it was fun to watch. You know, yeah, yeah. was the thing? People, people were sitting around and saying, it was one of the best." The third quarter was one of the best quarters of footy. I was excited about awesome. this, that, and it was like, so where the fuck is that shit on Monday night when you instead of just pulling nah. up random shit about vaccinations, yeah. you know, turn around and have a look at the team and go, gee, these guys were really good. And they've put, you know, they've put, I mean, I doubt they can win the premiership this year because they're a young side and we've all seen how how that pans out throughout mm. history. That sides on the rise tend not to, to win flags. But, shit, they put their hat in the ring on Saturday. Hmm. You know, beating MCG in Melbourne. Um uh, another thing is we had more people at Subiaco on Saturday night watching us get beaten by a hundred points than the top team in the ladder, playing another top four side at their home mm. round So oh, anyway, so yes so Feeling on villain of the league. Fox footy.
0: Talking about the Eagles too much, not talking about Freo enough. Bastards. Uh, Let's get into the Adelaide game. This is a nice dead time slot, Saturday morning, mid-morning WA time. We play the Crows. It's a bottom four clash. And uh, let me change the banners over here just very quickly so uh, newcomers know what we're talking about. Round 12 versus Adelaide, Keys. They started, like, not too bad. You know, we've just talked about how Dockers are up and about, and they had a a one-point loss against the Dockers. That was that really good spoil Chapman on the goal line uh, at Adelaide Oval. And then they had a very, very close win after the Siren against Port. You take away those, you know, what's they've had another one-point win, sorry, against the Dogs. So they're not a mile away from being in a bit of strife. A a one-point loss is tough. A one-point win, let's say they cancel out. They've had a goal after the siren to win another game, and then they beat the Tigers by 19 at Adelaide Oval as well. Beyond that, you know, it's been a month now, nearly coming up on two since their last win. They've had a 59-point loss, 48-point loss, 36-point loss, 21-point loss, 42-point loss. It's not quite as bad as we are. Nobody is, thankfully, you know, for their sake. But Crows, yeah, not exactly the the, high flyers of the AFL right now. Yeah,
1: oh, I think um, probably three months ago, you look at this game thinking, you know, that's one we can win. You know, we played mm-hmm. well at the Adelaide Oval and things like that. We did. Now you look and you just go, shit, maybe we can get within 10 goals. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be handy. Um, I must admit, I looked at the at the Adelaide team on paper just to sort of see, oh, who's, who's there and. I don't watch as much footy as I as I used to, so I factored that into it But I was reading the names on the Adelaide team sheet and I'm going Fuck there's not a lot there I recognise. Um, and, and and the ones I did were like, Oh yeah, they're kinda they're kinda the same problems we are, you know. Mm. Yeah, you know, guys that can maybe get the footy but they're slow and the disposal is shit and you know, they I think one of their guys, uh, one of their genuine good defenders, butts is out this week. Um, they do get Walker back, who has, ha- has been having a decent season. Um,
0: but but you yeah, sort Barrett's of look you at reckon, it. or what are they going to do there? Just stick Tommy Brass on him. They've got the ins and outs for us. Sorry, I should quickly just say Shannon Hearn in, Jermaine Jones out, uh, which is the shame from last week. So and, and according
1: Edwards. to the West Australian, McGovern's back as well. What, back, though, is he back in? Is he? He's back in, even though he played Fantastic. last week. I mean, so you look at that. Barass,
0: brass, brass Gov, Edwards, Hearn, tall, not exactly mobile. So you go Walker and Barass, and then Edwards and Fogarty. Uh, like uh,
1: <laughs> Phil Phil Philthorpe, I think, is playing.
0: Thrillhouse is playing. That's correct.
1: Yeah, and I don't know, and um. My knowledge of Adelaide doesn't. I think maybe Himmelberg. There's a Himmelberg place for Adelaide, does he? I, I don't know. The, the shit one, think. yeah, yeah. Um, it's the shitty Himmelberg
0: Elliot.
1: Yeah, so you know we're probably we're probably a touch tall down back, and given it's I think there's rain forecast over there, so, um, maybe maybe Edwards is a laid out candidate. I don't know. It depends on maybe McGovern is because he's, you know, he's back. He's yeah, you know, backs you don't want to mess around with. So if he wakes up, he's not quite right. You probably don't want to play him.
0: Uh, um, let's have a look at our emergency Sorry, because excitingly, I saw Foley as one of our emergencies, which is at least nice to see that he's, you know, up and about and, and ready to roll. Uh, emergencies, we've got Foley, Rotham, Dixon and Nash. So you'd say Rotham is a very easy swap to make if Gov's out or if, yeah, you know, so whatever, Edwards is mean, laid out, something like I that. I don't
1: know. I, I think the media have... I think the the interest in the Eagles is such that the media used to go to the airport to see who was flying out, but they just, mm. I, I think they've stopped giving a fuck the same as the fans have. So I don't know. I didn't see any text about who's on the plane, so I don't know no. which of those. I, I'm I'm guessing, uh, Nation Rotham for the two that perhaps jumped on the plane because I can't sure, see yeah. much reason for Dixon or, and I think Fowler coming off a concussion. You probably want to. Play him in the waffle because he's been out for three or four weeks now. Um, so I suspect it's Nation Rotham going across. Um, so, um, you know, on paper, you sort of look at the names and you sort of think, well, you know, surely we're, we're a bit of a chance, but then, you know, probably on paper, Two weeks ago, when you're looking at this lineup between us and GWS, who had nine outs going into that game, you you mm-hmm. probably thought, well, you know, we're we're chancing that, and what was it, fifteen goals to four or something stupid at halftime? So yeah, um, you, you know, your, your your expectations just uh are just not there. But you know, this this is if we go in with the right mindset you know we're a we're a sneaky chance on the ground that historically we have done okay at but um i i think in reality if 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 someone said to me we lost by five you were going to lose by five goals i'd take it in a heartbeat
0: which is a shame, but I 100% agree with you. Yeah, we've been, Migs and I you have know, been over the last few weeks doing, doing will we get within right, okay, six goals. Well,
1: yeah, you know, if you can keep it to five or six goals, you think, okay, well, you know, I'll take I, I take that. Um, you know, I think there's, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand the mindset of people saying that one of the worst things would be for us to win. No. Nah. Um they need which, a win. Which I, I think a win would be massive.
0: They're so, you know? so lucky that we... Not lucky, but you know what I mean. It is very crucial that we got that win against Collingwood because this situation with no wins on the board, materially yeah. for the latter, we're 18th in either case, but it means so yeah. much more being I, I think, Getting I, a I second win would be something. It would I be something.
1: I understand the sentiment that it's like, well, you know, the one the one silver line, and we, we, we spoke about it earlier with, mm. the, with the draft. I mean, the one good thing is... Oh, if it's if the last the month of the season, sure. Games, you do get, and you get a better chance. You know, the higher draft pick you have come the end of the year, the better chance you have of getting players and things like that. But um Do you know what? I would, if I, would I was take, to pick... I would take second pick in the draft and miss the wooden spoon. Then... Okay. Then, say, we've... I think there's as much as as you know, the number one profit is the number one you get the pick of of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the stigma of a wooden spoon is something that you know the, the difference between the first player and the second best player, or you know, in this instance, with the father, son, Ashcroft, Brisbane guy. You're probably talking about the difference between the second best and the third best player, and yeah, the Jack Watts or
0: Nick Natanui. yeah,
1: yeah. The draft, the draft people can sort of argue and you know, say, "Well, who's who's it going to be in this that and the other?" But I think if we've got second or third pick, we're still going to crack at someone pretty good. Um, I'd rather not win the spoon. So if we can, if we can win a game, um, and I gets us off the bottom. For me, that's good. Um you know, and I just think I just think it helps everybody. I win just mm. you know, the general sentiment is you know, and, and I think the guy the players the players want to win. I mean they I this I, I go back to Will Scofield and it's like I'm sure those guys don't go out there going, uh oh, uh, it doesn't matter. If we lost because the team, the club, will get a good draft pick at the end of the year. Nah, the, pl- the players go out as much as you sort of look at it and you go, you know, you look, you know people will say the players aren't trying and things like that. Their conference is shot. Hmm. Um, I'm sure they go out there wanting to win.
0: Oh, what about you know a Kennedy type? He's not going out there thinking, yeah. well, yeah. at least the boys I, will I, get I think... a good pick. He doesn't see it. He wants to win. And,
1: and, and I think I think there's times when you when you're down. The bottom of the ladder. You see it in the reaction of clubs when they slide to the down the bottom and they win a game. You see it in the reaction of the players, the mm-hmm. way they sing this. I, the the most rousing songs are a side that's lost their last ten games and they win one. Yeah, You know, That's when <laughs> when you see you see a guy, you see a side at the top of the ladder win a win a win a game. And um, hello, Gene. Fuck June's yeah.
0: asking if if she's missed the story. <laughs> there was a bit of heroes and villains before. Maybe scroll back and we'll get to the Nick Rewelt segment. Nah, it's just quickly while I'm reading out comments. Sorry, Greg has said if we don't win this week, when will our next win be? From a ladder point of view, you'd have to argue Bombers at home or Adelaide at home. But Bombers play pretty well at Optus, or they've certainly played well against us at Optus.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, Crows. Yeah, I, if we I can't mean, beat really, them
1: this week, it's when when you're eight there's no game you deserve to go into thinking um, it's going to be easy. They're all going oh, to be hard. In favorites in anything. Um, if if I,
0: I, I understand the sentiment of, oh, the worst thing we could do is win. If you're purely focused on the draft, I get that. I'd like the number one pick, although I endorse what you're saying. You still get a really talented player at pick two, you know. Uh, but whatever, where the Eagles list at right now, I don't think that'll be the difference. It's not so much a stigma of the wooden spoon thing for me. I think if I could pick any game for the rest of the season to win, apart from a real cruel, you know, like beat the Dockers in round 22 and ruin a top four chance or just something to be cruel and a bit of a dickhead, apart from something like that. that,
1: I'd lose every other game for the year (laughs) if we can beat the Dockers and keep them out of the top four.
0: Well, there you go. Okay, so that would be a, a crowd pleaser, I'm sure. Otherwise, I mean, Tigers at the G, probably the same. It'd just be a bit funny. But Crows at Adelaide Oval, it's not sexy. It's not a cruel thing or, you know, knocking out some rival or something like that. Getting a win here and going into the bye week would be much more important, I think, if we were to then never win a game for the rest of the season, which, let's be honest, it looks on the cards anyway. I just think that week of reprieve and coming in with a little bit more of a clear head, I think Simo said the players mandated AFLPA have to have four days off during the bye. Go away. They don't have to stew. No one's pretending that it means anything. And it might cost us the first pick. But if you're telling me we don't win another game for the rest of the season, I'm not happy with that. I will cop the first overall pick as a nice consolation, but I'm not happy with that. Okay, maybe the Docker scenario we've just invented would be quite funny. I'm sure it would make a lot of Eagles fans happy. But getting a win here, going into the buy, just getting a bit of a reset. We've got Cully. I'm not expecting miracles after the buy, but it just freshens things up a bit for two weeks, a week, you know, a week and a half, whatever. I reckon it's a chance it could actually be an important one. Now, with that said, we have zero chance of winning this game. So it does not matter. But I don't think losing this game is a good thing to happen for the club because it means first round pick.
1: i think i think if uh if we're in the game you know if we if we we lost it by a couple of goals
0: Mm.
1: you would even then i i i I mean a a narrow a narrow loss would hurt because narrow losses always hurt yeah that's but you but it'd be it'd be nice just to go into the game in the last 15 minutes and go, shit, we're still in this.
0: We're in this, yeah. And, and,
1: you, oh. and Anything's and, better than a 100-point loss, but
0: yeah, are just saying, me out for a win this week if it were on the cards, which it is not. Yeah. So, uh, quickly, let's talk about a few little matchups. We've already said Barass and Walker is a pretty obvious one. The Ruck division, we spent some time on an earlier case in terms of, you know, Jamison and Williams, who do we like, who's developing, whatever, whatever. I'm reading out total hit-out stats here. Jared Witts leads the competition for the Gold Coast Suns. He has played 11 games. He has 417 hit-outs in total, a massive haul. About 100 behind him and second in the comp, having only played nine games, so he's missed two games, is Riley O'Brien. So you'd have to suspect that the hit-outs are not going to be a fun little matchup this week you for know, Jamison. You know what? That really uh,
1: surprises me because if, if there's one thing I like would say about Adelaide Mm. that I was under the impression of was that Riley O'Brien's actually having a pretty shit year.
0: Well, they dropped him to try and embrace a little bit of youth in the ruck comp, and then he's gone to the sample and had about 600 hit-outs and 25 touches or something, they had to bring him back, to be fair to him. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so that's – yeah,
1: so – But, I mean, look, we've had him go –
0: they've played against Gorn, they've played against the untouchable Tim English, there's a few guys here that, you know, you go, all right, Jamison, follow him around, Bailey, follow him around, see what he does, see how he gets on. Riley O'Brien and Bailey Williams, you know, they, they could be a, a parallel there at some point in the future if Williams turns out to be a decent footy player. So stick with him, see where he goes, see what he does. Probably not going to win the hitouts. let's be honest. But, you know, it kind of simplifies things if you know that let's rove to him and maybe he'll crack the 50-hit-out mark on the weekend, but... Another good opportunity for those guys to learn, I guess, Keys.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, the the Crows midfielders got Crouch and Keys and I don't know some other people. All those um, other people. I mean, <laughs> Crouch and Keys are, are two guys. Keys is a that, big one. They. I mean, I like his name, obviously. But, obviously, yeah. Sounds to Yeah. I mean, they're two midfielders that tend to get a lot of the footy, but do fuck all with it. They're kind of like our version of Prittis. Um <laughs> So, if you're watching <laughs> Brownlow medalist, yeah, um, you know, the back. If we can get the ball in there, their backline's not great. Um, there's a lot. Of, that's I mean, that was you, know, you look at their back their backline and just go, fucking who? Um, so, you know, yeah, if we can, if we can break even in the, um, break, which is a massive beef, if we can break even in the midfield, but, um, you know, we're, we're a chance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tells you something, if we can't even remember who's in their team and still have no realistic hope of winning, says Jim.
1: In all fairness, June, it, it probably goes to my lack of fucking football knowledge or caring about what other teams is. So, um I mean, I gave I gave um, the Fox Footy guys a bit of a drive-by because they don't do their research, and here I am doing the same. But then, I'm not on a six-figure salary like those fucking peanuts. Yeah, what,
0: what am I paying you for this podcast, Keys? Because it'd be news <laughs> to me. Uh
1: So, yeah. Yeah, I just just fucking. I won't just tip because I I won't do Um I'm best player on the ground. I'm hoping that I hope that JK has a game that just yeah, you okay. know, reminds us of of how good he, he has been for us and and maybe you know has a you know one sort of big. Six goal bag in him just to go, yeah, you know, sail off into the sunset, mate. And I don't know how, I don't know what the numbers are, I don't know how far away he is from 700 club goals, but he must be getting somewhere near it. So.
0: Uh, let's have a look. He is ch-ch-ch-ch. he's 10 goals away by my count. So if you can
1: think make he's up half that, 690
0: for the Eagles, yeah
1: make up half that in one game and you can find another five in the last half of the season. Well, then that'd be nice if you can get 700 club goals. So I'm going to go Kennedy.
0: Nicely done. I like that pick. It's a good pick. I was thinking about, Oh, maybe darling, but then I thought darling's had a good game. They'll chuck a good defender on him. I think that's a pretty nice pick. We'll wait and see, see what happens, but uh, yeah, it could be something. Right. Who am I going to pick? Well, obviously I'm going to tip the crows, unfortunately. Um, it's a funny thing, football, because you read any Crows fans this week, they're all talking about, oh, we're going to get got this week and Eagles are going to finally have a win against us. I think most fans are either wildly optimistic or wildly pessimistic and there's not a lot of room in the middle. But, yeah, maybe we'll play them close. Maybe we crack the six-goal barrier, you know. It's funny because we're talking about the Dogs game and thinking, yeah, we were a bit close at time. We were still down six goals. You know, we were still a fair way away, and that was fun. That was fun competitive football. So, you know what? Let's just. I hope it's fun. I hope that whatever happens, we, we hang around for a little while and tell you what. Going into the fourth quarter, thinking we've got a crack at winning that footy game would be a, a marked improvement. I would love a win. I would love a win just to release a little bit of pressure going into the into the buy round and just you know mix things up and yeah, we'll get everyone will get shitty again because Yo and Sheed will come come in and. The old guys will still be playing and why isn't this guy retired and where's this guy? Why is he on the wing? Why is he on the fucking flank? But let's just get a win. Let's get a win, have a week off. I don't know that I believe it's going to happen, but I'd really like to see it. And in the nature of just pointless optimism, let's say SPS is going to be my pick for best on ground for the Eagles. Seven tackles, too hard to ignore. They'll move him off the flank. They'll get him involved a little bit. By hook or by crook, he's going to find the footy. Who cares? Let's have a win. I don't know that I believe it, but let's see what happens. Uh, Jay says that Kennedy on one leg, he can't put space on his opponent, would rather give Dixon more game time. Well, Jay, that's a shame because he's going to be best on ground this week, mate. I don't know if you just heard. Uh, <laughs> I can mount an argument for a win. I did last week, which I regretted really quickly when the game started, says June. June's just jumped on during the Crows preview. Nice to see you again. Uh, yeah, that one didn't turn out too well for us. I'm sorry, but that's all right. We live, we learn, and. Uh, we, we move on and there's always going to be another game. Keys, I reckon we will leave it there. Thank you very much for jumping yeah. on the show, talking about Jai Cully, talking about the footy, all that other stuff as well. Uh, we will catch up hopefully next week and hopefully we'll be debriefing a win. I, s- I swear, it'll happen. Mathematically, at some point, we will win again. It's just I, it's I, I, statistically I, likely that we will do that.
1: If, if we win, oh, no, I'm jumping wins. on doing a podcast that afternoon.
0: Beautiful. Beautifully done. Clear the airways, clear the runways. (laughs) Get your your swear (laughs) filter out. (laughs) That is a big if. We'll wait and see. All right, we'll leave it there, guys. Thank you very much for those who stuck with us from the start. Thank you to those who jumped in late. Uh, We will talk to you next week, maybe this time next week, maybe Saturday Arvo on the special winner's victory lane edition of the podcast. We'll wait and see there. But, uh, look, it's going to be all right, guys. We'll get there. We'll see what happens. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye for now.
1: Just for you, June. Fuck, fuck, fuck.